Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. I'll tell you, it's a team effort around here. And uh, there is a need in every area. You know, you can't just get up here and preach. You have to have people that play instruments. You have to have people to run sound. You have to have ushers, security. You have to have all kinds of people doing what God's called them to do. And listen, that's, that's, that's really what makes serving God fulfilling is, is getting involved in what God has you to do for you to do in your life. And you may say, well, you know, there's a lot of people come in and, and I don't know if there's room for me. We'll make room for you. There's no, we've never turned anybody away uh, that has ever come with a willing heart to serve and be a part of the kingdom. We've got everything from jail ministry to our tent crusades to all of our stuff with kids uh, from, the, from the Happy Harbor to Kid Current to Teen Torrent. We've got uh, the audio, video, sound booth ministry, the visitor center ministry. We've got a lot to do. And you know, God's building these teams and preparing us for a great harvest. Because once we get to that place where these things are functioning the way we should and we transition into a larger building, what do you think is going to happen? The same thing happened when we were in a smaller building on 45th Street. We built up what we had and got it ready for a greater dimension of ministry. We walked into the building the first Sunday we had this building. It was packed. It was full. And God said, well, you're ready for that level. So that new level that God's getting us ready for, we need you. We need each and every one of you being what God's called you to be. And I want you to know you'll find fulfillment in that. You'll find fulfillment. That's where I found my, my, uh, my uh, uh, way into the world was through the local church. I was already in ministry and already preaching quite a lot. And God sent me to a small church that uh, there wasn't a lot going on. And, and man, I, I did everything from, from work in the nursery to teach the kids to the youth to the usher. And then I'd get up and go out and, and go out on the road, go out on the field and, and preach. And, and then I'd come back and do the same thing. And the church grew and the church would be blessed. And I'd keep doing it and doing it until finally our ministry grew to the point where I just didn't have time for that anymore. Uh, but I, I literally grew out of all of that I was doing. And here's the thing. You learn to do it as unto the Lord. You're not doing it for a pat on the back. You're not doing it for, no, you're, there, there's a day in which you will stand in heaven and Jesus will look you in the eye and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is what I am laboring toward. I could care less about anything else, but I want Jesus to say to me, you did what I told you to do. You did it when I told you to do it, and you did it with the people I told you to do it with. Amen? And that can happen for all of us, and that's the will of God for our lives. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5 this morning. Let's go there real quick. We do have a few minutes to teach the Word. We're beginning our, our um, faith in action series this morning where we take the principles of faith. We go into the Word of God. We see them applied, see them in action so that we can receive. Years ago, when the church was still at the Tremont House in uh, downtown on 23rd Street, uh, I did this series on faith in action, and the Lord gave us, by, uh, by revelation, a really, a really neat uh, a word, and that was this, that if we could learn to respond to the Word of God the way the people in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, responded to Jesus, we can get the same thing they got. And you know, here's what you'll find out. As you study the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find that simple people received great miracles. There wasn't a whole, uh, you know, a lot of 
preparing and get no Jesus just came and revealed himself and people believed it and they were healed and set free and delivered and fed and blessed all kinds of miracles happened now here's what's unique about that of the miracles you find documented in the gospels more than 60% of them were initiated by the people with the need now let me say that again of all of the miracles that took place in the bible Over 60%, that's a good indication to us that we can initiate a miracle. Over 60% were initiated by the people that needed God to do something in their life. So we're going to study those that did that. I know there were those times in which God, in which Jesus would just walk up to somebody and heal them. That took place several times. That still takes place today. I said that still takes place today. I ought to get an amen. You say, what do you mean? There are still times when people, they'll just come, it'll be their first service and God will do a great miracle in their life. You say, why does God do it that way? I don't know. I let God be God. Amen. The rest of the time we walk in faith. Hallelujah. So we're going to study this today, this this morning, and pull these principles of faith out so that we can understand how they operate in their simplicity. It is us many times that complicate this. Mind, psychology, religion, the world system. No, simply Learn to receive from God. It's so simple. Amen? Now, notice right here, Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Let's read it, then we'll come back and and look at it just a moment. It said, A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? The disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and seest thou who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. He said unto her daughter, everybody say daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now notice, here's what we've studied in the past few weeks. Number one, faith pleases God. Number two, the only way you get faith is by hearing, hearing the word of God. The word of God is our source of faith. Number three, primary way in which faith is released is through confession. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth. Number four, what we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we must act on. Amen. Faith without works is dead, being alone. And then fourth, uh, 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 we learn to stand. Everybody say stand. Bible says in Ephesians, having done all, stand. And then in the midst of it all, we rejoice. We learn to worship, we learn to praise, we learn to glorify God. Amen. Be sure and come to those meetings on Wednesday night where we started studying praise and worship. How many enjoyed that on Wednesday night? Isn't that good? I'll tell you, God's given us some great, some great information on worship and praise. Like we said on Wednesday night, praise and worship is not the slow song and the fast songs. We will make sure you know it's a whole lot more than that. Amen. So here we've got this woman. Now notice, first of all, Here we can determine by what the Word of God says and also by the study of the Word of God that there were four different things that were wrong with this woman. Number one, we know she had an issue of blood. That's a physical infirmity, an issue of blood. Secondly, it says she suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now, in that portion of Scripture, we see two things. Number one, financially, she had become destitute. 
12 years it had taken for her to spend all of her money on doctors. Now the Bible said, notice what it says here. It said she had suffered many things of many physicians. So she had gotten to a lot, she had gone to a lot of doctors and gotten a lot of treatment. So even back in that day, there were doctors that were giving out treatment and they were charging money for it. So 12 years of many doctors and every time she got treated, the doctor said, it didn't do any good. You're not getting any better, but you're getting worse. Please pay on your way out. Amen. That went on year after year after year after year after year after year till she had no more money to pay. Now also we can read between the lines and understand that this woman being a Jewish woman and having what the Bible uh, defines as an issue of blood, was, uh, it was illegal for her to show up in public. As she passed through the streets of the city in which she lived in, she was required to cover her head, to walk in a bowed position, and whenever approached by another Jewish person, she was to cry out, away, away, unclean, unclean. Could you imagine doing that for 12 years? Every time a brother, every time a sister would walk up to see how you were doing, you would have to pull away and say, away, away, unclean, unclean. Now, she could not go to the synagogue. She could not be a part of Passover. She could not be a part of the Feast of Pentecost. She could not celebrate in all of the great celebrations that went on that were part of her religion and her culture. She could not be a part because she was unclean. So she had 12 years of being sick. She had 12 years of losing her money. She had 12 years of mental anguish and 12 years of spiritual rejection. You ever had a lot of junk going on in your life? You ever had a whole lot of stuff, not just one thing, but many things coming together in your life? Here's how the devil works it. He tries to get all of that stuff orchestrated against you. Then he tries to get it to harmonize and get the volume of it up louder and louder and louder and louder. Say, so what do you mean by the volume of it? Your physical body is, is communicated to through pain and discomfort. Your finances are communicated to by opening up your checkbook and there's no money. Looking in your savings account, there's no money. Looking in your, uh, looking in your, uh, your safe or your bank deposit box, there's no money. It's gone. Amen. Your mind communicates with torment, thought after thought after thought of you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. And spiritual, many times spiritual, people just don't know. They wonder. So that hurts them not to know what the Word of God says about their current situation. So here's this woman with all of this problem and with this huge volume of this situation. But now I like this. Notice what it says. In verse 27 it says, When she had heard of Jesus... Now, let me say something to you this morning, Island Church. This will help you. I mean, this will help you. If you don't hear nothing else, hear this. No matter how loud the voice of your circumstance is, no matter how bad the pain is, how, how, how depleted the finances are, how tormented the mind is, how hungry the spirit is, no matter how loud the voice of your problem is, there is a greater voice. Let me try that again. There is a greater voice. His name is Jesus. You say, it can't be that simple. If it wasn't that simple, we would never get it. Now, let me say this. I've said this for years, and it will really help you if you'll understand it. If there was a complicated answer for the complicated problems of life, we would be in trouble. Let me try it again. If the, how, many, how many of your problem is complicated? 
It's detailed. It's complicated. It's gone on for years. It communicates to you. It communicates to your body, to your finances, to your mind, to your spirit. It's gone on and on and on. And it's all knotted up and all complicated. Listen, if there was a complicated answer for the complicated problems of life, we would be in big trouble. But I've got good news. There is a simple answer for all the complicated problems of life. His name is, shout it out. Shout it out again. One more time, Jesus. Now notice, here's this woman with all this huge problem, and all of a sudden, she hears of Jesus. There's our first principle. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Jesus is the word, was the word, forever will be the word. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. And when you see him in the book of Revelation, and when we see him one day, he'll have a big old sash on that says what? The word of God. He is the word, was the word, and forever will be the word. So she heard of Jesus. Now notice this. That was verse 27. When she heard of Jesus, came about in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said. Everybody say, for she said. There's our second principle, confession. Matthew says like this, for she said within herself. You know, you say within yourself every day. Every day you say within yourself, you say out loud and you say within yourself, you ought to be constantly speaking the promises in the word of God. You ought to say it within yourself and outside yourself. You ought to speak it and meditate, speak it and meditate. Actually, the word meditate means to mutter. Man, if you're fighting some sickness or disease in your body all day long, you ought to just go around. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just think, you know, by your stripes, I'm here. Hallelujah. Law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin. Same Spirit that rises Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens my mortal body. And then people are going, and by his stripes, I'm here. Glory to God. I mean, you just go all day long, audible and inaudible, audible and inaudible. You're speaking to yourself, speaking to yourself. That's what this woman was doing. Say, what kind of revelation did she have? I don't know, but it was enough. Not only that, we'll see in a minute, it was more than enough. But now notice what she said. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be cut, touch his garment, I shall be what? Everybody say it. Whole. Now keep that in mind for just a moment. It says this. And straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, First of all, the volume of your circumstance, its ability to communicate to you, you have no choice. You get up with the pain. You get up with the doctor's report. You get up with the red zeros in your bank book. You get up with the thoughts tormenting your mind again. But when it comes to the greater voice, you have to make the choice to hear it. Listen to me very closely this morning, Island Church. Don't let your problem be the major distraction of your life, which keeps you from hearing the Word of God. Listen above your problem. Listen beyond your problem. Allow the ears of your spirit to get wide open to hear the provision and the blessing and the answer of God for your situation. Don't limit yourself because you are distracted by the problem of the day or the hour. Rise above that and hear the voice of God and reach over and turn down the volume of your circumstance as you turn up the volume of your answer in Christ. The Bible says she heard, 
The Bible says she said, then we saw that she acted or she did it, then she felt. Everybody say, first she heard. Then say, then she said. Then she did. Then she felt. Notice that. First she heard, then she said, then she did, then she felt. Our problem is we want to feel first. But no, first she heard, then she said, then she did, then she felt. Now you got to understand something, folks. This woman, first of all, we'll study the, 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 the story around this story here in a few weeks of Jairus. Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue in that area. Her being in public was illegal. Here's Jesus walking with Jairus on the road to Jairus' house to get Jairus' daughter a miracle. This woman interrupts that. Are you with me? At great risk to herself, she walked onto that street, and I guarantee you she didn't elbow her way through the crowd. She's weak. She's been sick. She's been depressed. She's broke. She probably got knocked down, but she got back up. She probably got pushed back to the side, but she got back in the place. I can see her just reaching and very barely getting to get pulled away, but she persevered. She stayed with it. She stood on what she heard and said till she got to the hem of his garment. And when she got to the hem of his garment, power flowed out of Jesus and Jesus didn't even know who it was that touched him. Which shows us plainly one of the great miracles of this story that there was a that Jesus wasn't walking on that street looking for a woman to be healed or to, for a woman to heal her, but there was a woman on that street looking to be healed. Man, when you begin to realize, I can initiate a miracle. I can believe God. I can begin to hear it. I can begin to say it. I can begin to act on it. And power will flow where? From the Word. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Because if you don't, you'll get caught up in religious thinking. Let me just, one word that's, that, that's got to be interjected here is the word accessibility. Because when we study this particular scripture, we think like this. Well, pastor, Jesus was walking around on the street back then. Man, if I would have been there, I would have done the same thing. Well, would you really? <laughs> Come on, Pastor. Yeah, I mean, Jesus was there and all of his power, all of his going. Now, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me just, just, we're going to stay with the word? We'll stay with religion. Amen. We'll stay with the word. Amen? Amen? Jesus was very limited to who he could minister to. He could only minister to those in which he could physically get to. There were a few incidences. There was not Syrophoenician woman when she sent a word, her daughter was healed. Then there was a Roman centurion and he sent a word and a servant was healed. Y'all remember that? But you must understand the accessibility of Jesus was very limited and he also operated as son of man on the earth. But today he is seated at the right hand of the father he is no longer son of man. He is now resurrected son of God. Now listen to me, church. By faith, we have greater access to Jesus than those in the Bible ever had access to him. 
He's in us through salvation. He's on us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have his word. He's here in form of a message called the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't ever let that type of thinking get into your mind that, and it sounds so spiritual. Oh, if only Jesus were here. There used to be an old song that used to be sung. If only Jesus were here to lay a nail-scarred hand on my fevered brow. That is such unbelief. He is here. I said, he is here. He's in this church this morning and every other church in Galveston Island that believes in his name, every other church on the mainland, every other church in Houston, every other church in Texas, the United States, and around the world, he's there in the form of a message and by his spirit. More accessible to us today than he ever was when he walked on the dusty streets of Jerusalem and Galilee. Mm-mm-mm. Verse 30, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? He didn't even know who did it. His disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? He looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling, now notice this, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, I'm going to teach you on this concept here in a little bit. But look how believing led to knowing. God doesn't just want you to believe it. He wants you to know it. I've told this story for years. I think it's a good story. When I was in the second grade, I went to Garfield Elementary School, right up on the Gulf Freeway, right across from where they built uh, uh, Alameda Mall. Garfield Elementary School. In the second grade, they took us to the fire department. Houston Fire Department had a, had a, a fire station. You call them a fire station. And they had a couple of trucks, firemen there. So the fireman taught us about, you know, don't put your finger in the light socket. Don't stick a knife in this. Don't do this. Taught us all, taught us all about fire safety. And what was amazing, because I remember this, they took us outside in the back. They had one of those uh, telephone poles that had the, the, the handle. And they said this. They said, none of you children ever Climb up that pole and get into those power lines up there because there is power in those power posts. Now listen, that was about, I, was a little, I was a little second grader this tall. That was a big old fireman. Fire suit, big old shiny. I believed every word he told me. I did. I believed every word he told me. I believed that if I went up that pole and I got into that power lines, something bad had happened to me. Well, several years later, I had a big old row. Uh, my grandmother used to mess with thread all the time. She was a reweaver. Uh, she, uh, she, there was a, a, a detective in Los Angeles that had been in a shootout, and somebody had shot a bullet through his coat, and she was able with a magnifying glass to match every thread and sew that coat together so that you could never tell a bullet went through it. That's how good she was with thread. Well, I dug into her thread, and I found this big ball of twine called binding twine. And it was twine that had a copper wire that ran through it. Give it strength. So I hooked it to a big old kite. And I, I, I was on one Sunday, Sunday afternoon between church services. I was flying that kite in front of our house. And that kite did a loop around the 7,200 distribution. I know what they are now because I used to be a lineman. 7,200 volt distribution lines that feed, a, that feed a housing project. It wrapped around it and I started pulling on it. And when I started pulling on it, I went from believing to knowing. <laughs> You say, what do you mean? A big old ball of fire came 
flying down that little copper wire. A big old ball of fire came down and hit me and knocked me flat on my back. And I had on a pair of PF Flyer tennis shoes that had holes in the side and I still have scars in my feet where the electricity went through my body and shot out the holes in my PF Flyer tennis shoes. And from then on, when people ask me, do you believe there's power in those lines? I would say, I do not believe it. I know there is power in those lines. Now listen, God wants you to get your little kite of faith up in the air. He wants it to wrap around the lines of God's power and you and pull the power of God into your life so it drives everything of the world, the flesh, and the devil out the holes of your P.F. Flyer tennis shoes so that when people look at you and say, do you believe God can heal? You say, no, I do not believe God can heal. I know God can heal. When they say, do you believe God can set people free? You say, no, I know God can set people free. Do you believe God can prosper? No, I don't. I know God can prosper. God wants you going from believing to knowing. Knowing is experiencing. He wants you to experience his healing power, experience his delivering power, experience his ability to bless you financially, experience whatever you need to help cause your mind to be healed. So here goes this woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what was done in her. Came down before him, told him, everybody say all the truth. Well, what was that? Well, what we just preached. She'd say, I'm a woman. I was a woman with an issue of blood. I'd suffered many things and many physicians with nothing better, but rather grew worse. But I heard of you, Jesus. And I came in the press behind you and touched your garment, for I've been saying for days and days and days, I've been saying, if I touch but your garment, or the hem of your garment, I shall be what? Everybody say it. Whole, Whole not healed. Now, this is what makes the difference right here. She did not say healed. She said whole. Now, here she stands in front of Jesus healed. Bible says she what? Felt in her body. If anybody knew, she knew. If anybody knew, she knew. She felt in her body. She was healed of that plague. But now notice this. And he said, everybody say he said. He said. Oh, thank God he says. He said unto her, daughter. Everybody say daughter. Now, what did we talk about? We talked about the fourfold problem. Physical, spiritual, mental, financial. He said unto her with one word, daughter. You got to understand something about Jesus. He knows how to heal you with one word. He said unto her, daughter which at that time was not the correct phrase to use for the people that serve God. They were the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the servants of Almighty God. Are you with me? But when he stepped across that dispensational line and welcomed her into a covenant that would come, he said unto her, daughter, and with one word, healed 12 years of spiritual rejection. Daughter. He can do it with one word. Now notice what he said after that. Daughter, now this is, boy, I wish I had time to do it. Thy faith has made thee whole. Now here's what we do. Well, we know it was Jesus. Stop. Thy faith has made thee whole. Who's saying that? Who's saying that? So if Jesus says, thy faith has made thee whole, 
identifying what made her whole, then we ought to believe what Jesus says. Because I've heard people say, well, we know he's telling her that, but really it was the power. We know it was the power that healed her, but the power would have never flowed if she would not have come by faith. We cannot produce that power. We cannot make up that power. We cannot conjure it up. We can't give enough money. We can't sing enough songs. But when we come by faith, we can pull the power of Almighty God down from heaven and into our bodies, our finances, our minds, and everything else we need. So Jesus is being emphatic. He's saying, listen, I'm going to tell you what got you healed. Let me tell you. I know I healed you. I know my power. But thy faith has made thee whole. Mm-mm-mm. Then he says this. Go in peace. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our was upon him. Peace is what rules the mind. Peace is what keeps the mind balanced and level. And all of a sudden, he had healed her physically. He had touched her spiritually. Now he releases her mentally from 12 years of anguish by just looking into her eyes and saying, go in peace. And when the Prince of Peace tells you to go in peace, you go in peace. And be whole, everybody say, be whole of thy plague. That word whole or wholeness, if you want to go study it in a, in a concordance or look it up, it literally means, now this is kind of hard to grasp with your mind. It means the entire assembly of parts put back together the way it was. Now we speak the English language. Some of us speak Spanish. Some of us may speak another language. But we must understand the Old Testament written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek. There's some elements of Latin and Aramaic also given to the, to the scripture that we have that we call the Bible. So a lot many times is lost in translation. But when you take the Hebrew and you take the Greek and you take the Aramatic, Aramaic and you take the Latin and you begin to do a quote word study, you'll see that this word wholeness means this. Not all things put together the way they were before you had the problem. All things, this is what it means. All things put back together the way they were before Adam fell in the garden. Brother, this, this lady's getting it, man. 12 years of suffering. 12 years. If you're not getting any better, you're getting worse. 12 years. Of, well, that's it. I ain't got no more money. 12 years of an issue of blood. 12 years of away, away, unclean, unclean. Automatically set free, delivered, made whole, healed. Why? Thy faith. The faith you possess has made you whole. Go in peace. And when he said this, Behold of thy plague. I guarantee if we could do a study of this woman, most Bible theologians say she is a woman called uh, 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 Veronica of Caesarea Philippi. I guarantee you if we could study her life from this point on, you would see that her money began to come back. Her friends began to come back. The synagogue opened up to her. Her mind was clear. Her body was clear. And everything that she was before this, she was made more and even more than that, because God is the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think, according to the what? Power. What is that power? The power of faith that works in us. No wonder Satan fights teaching on faith more than any other teaching. 
Oh, you're not one of those faith people, are you? Absolutely. I pray by faith. I praise and worship by faith. I preach by faith. I lay hands by faith. I live by faith. I enjoy faith. I enjoy the Word of God. There's no other way to live than to live by faith. And when you make a decision, faith is going to be my lifestyle. Faith is going to be how I live. I'm not just going to keep it in the closet over here and get it out whenever I need it. It's too late then. You might as well begin living by faith, walking by faith, praying by faith, talking by faith, doing everything you do, doing it by faith. You say, I have no needs, make a need and stretch your faith out there and get it met by God. And I guarantee you, you'll find out that that's what pleases God more than anything else because faith is a characteristic of God. And what do people look for in their children? Reflections of themselves. And every time God sees somebody walking by faith, he sees a reflection of himself. And you know what he says? There's my kid right there. Walking by faith, living by faith, talking faith, preaching faith, everywhere they go. And just like the woman with the issue of blood, your faith will make you whole. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and thank God. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that the entrance of your word causes light and life to come to us. Thank you that you cause our faith to be informed, our faith to be inspired, and thank you for the demonstration of that faith. Here at Island Church this morning, I declare today my faith over every person. I come into agreement with every person believing you for healing, Lord. Every person believing you for financial blessing. Every person believing you for uh, a breakthrough in their mind and their emotions. Every person believing you for spiritual growth and development. I agree with their faith in Jesus' name. And I thank you that they're in the process of going from believing to knowing. That those that are oppressed by the devil will know in their body that they've been healed by the power of God. That those that are oppressed in their finances will know in their checkbook and their savings account that they've been touched by God's prosperity. That those that are oppressed in their mind will know the peace of God that passes all understanding. And those that hunger and thirst after righteousness by faith, Lord, I thank you that they will be filled in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.